back. Welcome to the show. We are back. This is the second week in a row we've recorded, which is more than we've done the last two months. Yeah, we actually are trying. (laughs) Welcome to the first time. Yeah, welcome to the first time. We talk about things we've done for the first time, whether it's Skylar or me, Ashley. Mostly it's like movies. Okay, yeah. We're thinking of doing like things we've done for the first time but obviously we're not really doing anything right now yeah it's kind of hard i'm mean, watching tv shows and movies is mainly the first thing we can experience for the first time first <laughs> okay anyway how are you skylar i'm doing all right you know started working again and even though i'm at home it's nice to be doing something every day now uh, what about you ashley i'm also still working you're also twerking at night every <laughs> night we've been playing wet ass p- Oh yeah, that song. Check that song. I out. mean, wet and gushy. Wet and gushy. Yeah, we somebody, can't say. Somebody <laughs> really listened to the song and they're like, "Okay, we need a non-explicit version, and it's going to be wet and gushy." Yeah, who decided gushy was something to say but over and over? I and think over it's again. secretly a commercial for Wag. Oh really? Wag dog walking services. I thought it was a secretly a commercial for Gushers. maybe it's both if you watch all the way to the end there's a little sponsor bar at the bottom and it says sponsored by wag and gushers if you play it backwards it says make sure you book with wag over and over again and if you play it forwards in three times speed it says we gush in your mouth gushers just like that in that voice yeah yeah because you're the one who recorded that yeah, I did. For I that, did. Yeah. It's such a secret. I have signed an NDA double A. What? It's an NDA, but it's twice as worse. A non-disclosure agreement agreement? Yeah, it's a non-disclosure awesome agreement. What were we talking about before we started talking about that? We were talking about your day, maybe? I don't have a single clue in the world, actually. Okay, now that we're on the topic of Meg the Stallion and Cardi B... I just want to say that I love them. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good thing to say also, about them, Also, did you them, know Meg the Stallion was Megan the Stallion? She was shot? Nope. Yeah. I think she was shot a couple times, like in her foot oh, or something. Oh, in her foot? This is what I heard. I didn't actually do a lot of research on this, but it was on another podcast. That uh, I was you heard to. it from a friend of a friend. A friend of a friend who is on a podcast. <laughs> I, she calls people she listens to podcast My friends. Friend. No, they're Nowadays. just my friends. They're your friends. Because anyway. it's the only people you listen to. Um, but hey, it's super cool. She got shot in the foot. I yeah. No, that's not cool. <laughs> what? When I was like a kid growing up, it was like cool for rappers to get shot and live and then like use it as street rep. They literally made jokes about it in like sitcoms and stuff. Okay, but the thing is that I feel like not a lot of people talked about it that she was shot. I mean, how recently know. was it? It was like a couple weeks ago. Oh. Like this happened very recently. That's pretty crazy. I feel like she's just being mm-hmm. talked about so mm-hmm. much. Like a lot of people are just talking shit about her because people can't handle when women talk about sexuality and owning their sexuality. So people are talking about her in very negative ways. And also Cardi B saying that they're disgusting. They're like whores and whatever yeah i've been seeing that a lot on twitter all i have to say about that is male rappers rap 
about exactly the same things that Cardi B and Megan the Stallion rap about. What are you looking at? Meg the Stallion getting shot. Oh. The first thing that came up was said, Megan the Stallion says she feels betrayed by her friends after getting shot. Yeah. I want to read it, but I'm not going to, obviously, okay. since we're in the middle of a podcast. So confirmed, Meg the Stallion was shot. Yeah, I kind of wanted to just make sure we weren't talking about something that wasn't real. Because I hadn't heard about it, and you're right. It's not major news. But it should have been major news, I feel like. Well, there's just, like, a lot of news happening right now. I don't know. There, I I smell sexism in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I can't deny that one. So, anyway, WAP is a BOP. If you don't know what that stands for, it stands for Women Against Patriarchy. <laughs> it's, it's what I was putting, right? Yeah. Oh. I thought I was, like, getting set up. Honestly, is Women Against Patriarchy. Yeah. TBH. Okay. <laughs> so, last episode, we said we were going to be talking about I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And yeah. that we are going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to hold ourselves to this week. Accountability. Also, we watched another movie called The Gentleman. And I think we'll just, like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you guys... If this is the first episode you've ever listened to, if this is the first time you're listening to the, the first, first time, time, then you'll quickly learn that we just are very all over the place. Yeah. We try to bring it all in, you know? Yeah. We try to bring bring it, rain it all in. That's what I was trying to say. Rain it all in. We rain in this parade. I'm trying to think if there's like anything other than the blah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot happening right now since we, I mean, we're not going out. We're not doing stuff. So besides the things we're viewing, ain't um, not much a brewing. <laughs> um, oh, ain't not much brewing. Right, Ashley? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's something she I can talk like about. She just like ignored me that whole time. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually very proud of us for like continuing to do the podcast. I was a little worried that we were just gonna kind of leave it at like seven episodes yeah. <laughs> for a while. I'd been wanting to do it, but we also just like none of neither of us were like, let's do the podcast. Yeah, and um, one day we did, we said it. Yep. Um, you've been doing some Twitch streaming. Oh, yeah. I do Twitch on stream. What is your handle, Skylar? My handle is stupidgamernow underscores between the stupid and now. You also have a YouTube channel that you post all your streams yeah, to? Yeah, that's also stupidgamernow. Yeah. No, n- nothing, un- no underscores in that one. Okay, the funny thing about the like acronym SGN is that it's the same as some good news that John Krasinski came out with, right? Yeah. So the first time Skylar showed me some good news, I thought he was showing me a stupid gamer now video yeah because the logo looks the exact same but the thing is that stupid gamer now was born before some good news but no one's gonna know that because no one knows who you are no but (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) but it was just some good news isn't even a thing anymore i know but wasn't that weird it was really weird i mean i feel like he sold it too soon he should have he should have kept no it was weird that you like oh yeah logos were the same it was super weird and for um, a little while, I let it bother me, and now I just, <laughs> and now I just put some good news in my hat in my tags just in case. Oh yeah, I just tag it every time. It's a good idea. Yeah, 
But yeah, he did sell it really fast. I think he thought the pandemic was about to end. <laughs> and then uh, and then it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then it got way and worse. And now he's like, I shouldn't have done that. No. He should, yeah. I mean, it would have been great for him to keep doing it. It's weird is like, like, even though he sold it, he could have just kept doing it. I'm just a little irritated that he then it happened like I, at first i was like oh cool but now i'm like oh it's been like two months yeah i was like good for him and everyone was like he's a sellout and i'm like yeah well if you made a show like this and cbs was like we're gonna give you a million dollars don't tell me you're gonna say no yeah that's <laughs> stupid that anyone that yeah i don't get that but now that it hasn't like started up because you can't do that and he it should just be happening from home still he should just still be doing it, just maybe on, like, CBS All Access or something. Yeah. Who knows? We're both doing our thing on the interwebs. I just released a YouTube video today, which oh. is very exciting. Yeah, it I've is. I've been making videos for five years, like, on and off. I feel like I want to actually be consistent with it now. Hey, it's hard. It is really hard. I can't do that full time, and it's very time consuming, like, oh, if yeah. you want to be good at it yeah you have to literally like you have to work all day at your job and then come home and spend at least like one or two hours a night and then it's hard because i've been on my computer all day and i've been sitting at my desk all day and then i'm like well i don't want to sit here anymore but i want to get this video done or like film something and yeah it's just the same thing with me because yeah i like edit all day and then i want to stream or do something and if I stream on PC, I literally don't move and my butt's still in the same chair it's been in for fucking yeah. 10 hours or whatever. We recently started like kind of working out on, on uh, VR. Oh, yeah. Which is really fun. We have been doing like boxing and this game called Synth Riders. Yeah. Which at first I was like, meh, like Skylar was doing it. And then I was like, eh, I was just being closed-minded about it. <laughs> and then I did it, and it's Synth Riders is super fun. I could probably play it for a couple hours at a time, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like Guitar Hero, I would say. Yeah. There's but... another game called, like, Beat Saber that's very similar. So each of your hands are one color, and you just have to hit the colors that come up, like, with the corresponding hand. And then there's obstacles you have to duck under. Or... It's really fun. It can get very um, intense very quickly. Yeah, there's some, there's, like, Easy, medium, hard, expert, and master. And And, uh, most of the songs actually don't have a master mode. But yeah, you can watch us do that. You can watch us do it on stupid underscore gamers. Wait, stupid stupid underscore gamer underscore underscore now. Under gamer now. Under gamer now. (laughs) Gamer stupid (laughs) now. It's stupid Um, underscore gamer underscore now. Except you can't watch me because I didn't want to be on camera when I was doing it, no. but Skylar was on camera. Yeah, I'll put myself on camera. I, I, I'm i actually going to start streaming with my belly out because I just want to say I'm going all out. I'm, I'm, or, belly I'm, out is like all out is your... Belly out. Um, I was thinking it's like I'm putting it all out there. My belly is all out there uh, and just start like like making that a thing because like being like, it's for the belly. That's my catchphrase. It's for the belly. Can you just make a catchphrase like that? I can do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, yeah. You're right. Right? Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Can you just make a catchphrase? I think that's how it starts. Okay, so do you want to talk about I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Yeah, of course I do, babe. All right, so I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I think, came out a couple weeks ago, and it's on HBO. Yeah, I think it it finished coming out two weeks ago yeah the last episode was two weeks ago so it started coming out six weeks before that 
Uh, I wish there were more. It was so um, good. Yeah, we pretty much binged it up until we didn't have any more episodes, which was like literally a couple days before yeah. the sixth episode came out. The day we started watching it, the fifth episode came out. We really liked it, though. I'll Be Gone in the Dark is actually based off a book written by Michelle McNamara, and it's about her contributions to solving the Golden State Killer case. Which she named. She named yeah, him she the pretty much. State Killer. So before that, he was known as the original Night Stalker, the East Area Rapist, and the Visalia Ransacker. Ooh, nice. That Visalia one is hard. And for a long time, people didn't know that all those murders and, like, attacks were connected. But well, Yeah, because they back then, they wouldn't share across departments department to department wouldn't work together yeah like the police departments didn't do that yeah that was never really a thing which is so bizarre but very on brand for police yeah and just like america just how slow it like took for them to realize like that society advances (laughs) i don't know like yeah michelle mcnamara did all this research on her own she literally went through boxes and boxes of papers that had to do with each of the cases that were like the east area rapists and original night stalker and etc he had a very similar mo on every yeah and every break-in basically so he would take items that had sentimental value to his victims yeah he would always take something that yeah that you couldn't replace i think for a couple of the cases the victims would say that they received phone calls a couple weeks before they would get calls and like and he would just be like yeah i'll kill you yeah just just so freaking super super creepy and then while he was like doing it like in the house he would always like go to the kitchen and make food and go through their their fridge and then take clothes out of the closet and like lay them out in the living room right. weird things weird weird stuff what's unique about Michelle is that up until she started writing about the Golden State Killer people didn't really report on this case in terms of the victims Michelle really humanized the victims whereas before you never really heard about them you heard more about the Golden State Killer yeah and that was just like what was unique about her and I mean she's also a great writer so it is very clear she's a very thoughtful person and very deep yeah she was married to Patton oswald who he also very much respected her writing i mean because he's a comedian and a writer and, and yeah they had a daughter together yeah their daughter's name is alice but i mean there's so much packed into this documentary series they're slowly telling the story of how she got into discovering this guy and she she was always into um true crime yeah she had a true crime blog i think it was true crime true crime daily I don't know. It was a true crime blog. <laughs> yeah, she it was a true crime. The yeah. name is so, lost on me right now. But she was known around the community. And that's kind of what got her into it. I'm not exactly sure how they approached her to write about for the, the LA Times story. Or no, wait, what was it? It was like Los Angeles Magazine. That was how she started like really committing time to it. And she hired this guy. She, he was very good at like doing deep dives on the internet and finding out little small details that you'd think are like impossible to find out. I think his but, name was like Paul Hayes or Paul Haynes. Paul Haynes, yeah. Because it was him and then there was also Paul Holes, which is kind Paul of Holes. confusing. You like Paul Holes' yeah. name. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Paul Holes. That's Paul a funny Holes. name. <laughs> it was great because this guy could go in and find the details find all the facts and then she could take it and she could turn it into a story 
She could turn it into something that you'd like latch onto as a reader. Right. And she just like became consumed in this particular case. She wrote primarily about cold cases. Well, what happened was after she wrote that story for the Los Angeles magazine, they approached her to write a book. They were like, oh, do you want to turn this into it? Oh, right. And she she was like, yeah, definitely. That's when she really started to like go for it. She knew when she finished the article that she wasn't done. She told people, she's like, oh, I'm not done yet. And it got really, it just got really intense for her because she had to read all that stuff. Yeah, I can't even imagine like being consumed by that. It just is hard for me to even fathom that someone can do the horrible things that he did to people. He would like, um, I think he murdered six people. Yeah. There was over 50 people that were his victims. So the name of the book comes from something he had told one of his victims. She was, I believe she was a teenager and she was playing piano one night and she heard somebody behind her and he said, he said something along the lines of, don't say a word, you'll be dead in the night, and I'll be gone in the dark. Um, which is just so creepy and just, like, so chilling. Yeah, that was, that was one of the creepiest things. I mean, there was a lot, because he would, since he did those phone calls, there's a lot of creepy things he'd say there. He at first started only attacking women, and then he started attacking couples. When he attacked couples, he would tie up the husband and make him lay face down and put like a pile of plates on his back. And he said, if I hear these plates move, I'm going to kill your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I'm I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous and just so horrid. Pretty, it was, I mean, it's pretty fucking insane because it's just like torturing that person and right. torturing everybody involved. Like what it's only one couple actually survived. Like not, I mean, not survived, but one couple like after that happening to them, they were able to, like, stay married. I think the woman's name was Gay, and what was the Bob. name? Gay, Gay and, and Bob. Bob. Watching them talk about this experience was very hard because it was very clear that it made Bob feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And Gay had kind of come to terms with it, and I just couldn't stop thinking about how, like, we teach men to ignore those things. And he said himself he was like i blacked everything out i don't remember anything that happened yeah he doesn't like let himself think about it yeah that is a trauma response like people do black out bad memories that they have that was just really hard to watch and yeah i mean they interviewed a lot of the victims i mean there was 50 victims yeah i want to say they interviewed at least 10 of them at least yeah and the thing about this book and michelle is that michelle actually passed away um in april of 2016 while she was writing this book so she didn't get to finish it but pat and oswald he he was like it's my life's mission to make sure this book gets finished so paul haynes and billy jensen ended up finishing the book so it is mostly michelle's writing but also was finished by people who she spoke with and helped her along the way but when she died it was just it was very unexpected because she died in her sleep um it was like an overdose she was taking like vicodin and things to help her deal with like sleeping at night i think she was taking like xanax xanax okay she was taking bupropren which i only knew because that's an antidepressant that i'm also on right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) no well the thing was she wasn't getting all of these things legally legally so she ended up getting something that was traced with fentanyl. Yeah. Fentanyl. They I cut we, it with fentanyl. I always fentan- say it weird. Uh, f- 
yeah, fentanyl. 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 No, they cut it with something, and that has been a drug that's lately been killing a lot of people. Yeah, Mac Miller died Mac because Miller, of that. Yeah, like, uh, and it's just a thing that like uh, people use to cut with their drugs that it really f- messes you up and it kills you. And that unfortunately, she had bought some drugs that was cut with fentanyl, and she just didn't wake up. It's horrible. It yeah, made me cry. I cried when I was watching this like three or four times. Yeah. And Patton was the one who found her. Well, he said that in the morning he brought her coffee and she was fine. She was breathing. Yeah. And then he went back and was like trying to see if she was awake because it was like unusual for her to have been sleeping for so long. Yeah. And figured out that she wasn't breathing. So he called 911. And the 911 call is heartbreaking. The fact that she's a mom, just having, just like leaving a child behind is so horrible. There was a lot of lines from the daughter that were just kind of like very profound and heartbreaking. Yeah. It was weird. Like, you're like, wow, that that girl's either going to be a huge hippie or an awesome. (laughs) Or both. (laughs) Or both. Yeah. (laughs) The last episode is about them finding the Golden State Killer. So I believe they found him. I think it was 2018. um, And they were able to find him with, uh, what did they say? They said discarded DNA. So what they did was they took like a napkin or something out of his trash and they tested it against like other DNA that they had. They found it through familial DNA. um, So they can pretty much conclude through testing who this person is related to. She was kind of obsessed with the whole 23andMe. She had done it and she was getting emails like all the time about oh, we found your fourth cousin and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Oh, we found this person. Because it ta- it's hard to track that stuff. So their idea was to take some DNA and they had to wait a few years till the technology caught up with their idea, but they would start tracking back the lineage of the DNA that they had collected from different crime scenes and they would trace that back and then start tracing different family trees and seeing if anyone lined up with this DNA. But the problem is that they can't connect DNA if they don't have it. So they started going through all of the files that Michelle had. And she had like 10 main suspects. And I believe they started contacting like everyone and asking them for like DNA samples. She, they would call the people around them sometimes like like wives or daughters and stuff. Yeah. Her, like, and ask them for their and- DNA samples because then they can exclude people. If they don't match at all. But they found him in 2018. His name is Joseph James D'Angelo. And I know that this case would not have been solved as quickly as it was without Michelle. Yeah. And it is so heartbreaking that she didn't get to see it be solved. Um, It's disappointing because they used her ideas. They're like things that she came up with. So Paul Holes, in one of his interviews, he said that he was seeing stuff that he had never seen before. And this is a case he's worked on for years. I think he's worked on it for like his life's work. Yeah, this is like what he got into. Yeah. And like he said it was like 25 years of his career or something like that. I feel like it was more, but thirty. Yeah, it was like around. It was a good number. It was like, like a good chunk. It was of a good his chunk life. of time. Yeah, yeah, and it was a lot. Like, and so literally, he like she was like finding files and doing things. She had gone down and done this. Like she called it a heist from a police department down in Orange County, where they had a whole room dedicated 
to the East Area Rapist. They have like 30 or so boxes. Her and um, Paul, not Paul Hole, but the other guy. They call them the kid. Michelle McNamara and the kid drove down there with two SUVs down to Orange County Police Station. Or they called it County of Orange. I don't know. That was all. That was weirding me out. But they went in there and they had talked to one. They had one connection there. And they went in. She started talking to him. He was a little bit doubtful at first, but then what she was saying got him to say yes, took him back there, and she and the kid just started pulling files out, and they loaded up both their cars. And that's the stuff I'm pretty sure that was, like, opening doors because it had been locked up for so long back there. So she brought it all and put it in her daughter's playroom. So (laughs) the playroom was just had all of these boxes of information about these attacks and murders and i mean she started going through all of it they had photos of just the room stacked to the wall with boxes so joseph james d'angelo was a police officer actually yeah I was going to say that earlier when you were talking about him. And I think he got fired because he, like, stole something or I don't know. I don't remember. But he, like, got fired. When he lived in um, that town. Visalia. Visalia. He was on an anti-theft task force. (laughs) He was, like, they, like, set up, like, there was, like, an anti-robbery crime unit. And he was on that. And that was, like, when all the f- the robberies were going down. So strange that police have this superiority complex, as if they are completely absolved from any consequences. So very strange. The whole time he was doing it, he's like, I'm above the law. The theory is that he was so good at, like, covering up his tracks because he was a cop. Like, he knew how to deal with all this and, you know, kind of be... Very sleuth. Is that the right word? Very Uh, sneaky. Very sneaky. He was a very sleuth. He was very sleuth. Talking about this is very, like, really bumming me out. I just felt like the documentary was just really well made. The directing in it was amazing. And, I mean, anything HBO comes out with, I'm almost always a fan of. Same. I remember when the show was first being made, and I think they were talking about it on My Favorite Murder. And Karen Kilgariff is one of the hosts on that podcast. And she actually, she was being interviewed on I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah, she shows up in that. Like a couple of times. But they were good friends. And they interviewed Patton quite a bit as well. Yeah, he was a big part of the documentary. Yeah. And I always feel a little weird. I feel like the average person doesn't know Michelle McNamara without Patton Oswalt's name. Yeah, well, usually what people do when I tell them about it, and I'm like, Oh, it's I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's like that Michelle McNamara book. Yeah. They're like, who am I? Patton oh, Oswalt's it's Pat wife. Patton Oswalt's wife. And they're like, oh, yeah. She's more than just that. Yeah, obviously. They let each other do their own things. Yeah, which is amazing. She said, um, Patton said that she like could give two shits about him being like a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> like she did not care. And she was just like this quiet girl who like was just always wanted to be a writer. Yeah. I mean... It was great. There was, like, this moment when Patton Oswalt was talking about their writing process and how he would be like, if she needs five hours to write, she needs five hours to write. And I get it. I know that it's probably only an hour of writing, but she needs that four hours to get to that place for that one hour of writing. I love that. Yeah. 
I'm bummed out, man. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. It's a sad topic because you have to talk about death and then Ma- Michelle McNamara and then her death. And then, uh, I mean, the only good part about it is that that uh, what's his name got captured. I mean, the fact that there can be a, a person out here who does this to people and have gotten away with I mean, thank God he was captured, but also that he got away with it for so long was just crazy. There's like this overarching thing that they're saying people don't listen to women especially in the 70s i feel like people did not really listen to women especially about rape um and people still back then you saw the videos there would be like if you get caught in this situation it may be because of the way you're dressed or the way you're presenting yourself right so that was very much the understanding of what sexual assault is and for some reason still is among a lot of people today but it just takes an evil person to think that they have power over people. And the interesting thing about this is that he says on a couple occasions, I hate you, Bonnie. Like, yeah. So Bonnie was his like first fiance. How did they have a falling out? I don't really remember. Oh, my God. She just started not like enjoying his company. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of split it off with him. And then one night... He showed up at her house in the middle of the night at her oh, window yeah. and was like, get get dressed. We're going we're going to go get married right now. And she was like, hold on. And she went and gra- told her dad and her dad was like, get in the closet and don't come out till I come back. I think she said he was gone for like it was like a two, like either 20 minutes or like two hours, something like that. I think it was a while. It was like a while. And then he came back and he was like, okay, go to bed. And she didn't say anything about it. Never. And never. And he never came around again. Bonnie now was at the end of episode five. And she was like, I didn't know at the end of episode five and throughout episode six. Okay. She was at the end. I thought she was just at the. um, I thought she kicked off the beginning of episode six. Yeah, she probably did. But um, she said that she had no idea she would have so much to do with this. I mean, once he was probably gone, like she probably thought about him a few times. I mean, she probably thought about him a bunch for a while, then less and less over the years. Right. And then eventually probably was like, oh, yeah, that guy that did that weird shit when I was a kid. But all because this man could not deal with his emotions and he couldn't deal with the rejection that he felt the need to go on this disgusting rampage, like traumatizing tens of people. What's even crazier is that he was married before he even started raping the other women. Like he got married to a woman in Visalia. And had kids. They had kids. Well, I think he didn't have a kid till after they left uh, San- the San Francisco area and moved down south. And then he had a kid and he killed somebody like people. And then he didn't kill for like five years because like his cousin or somebody moved in with them. Yeah, it was his cousin. And then she moved out after five years and he killed again for the last time. And that was the last person. Yeah. Yeah. The timeline, it's crazy because he killed people and they reported him saying this is because of you, Bonnie. And it happened after he was apparently married. Yeah. So he still was holding on to that. That is so crazy. Like, oh my God. But yeah, he pleaded guilty, I think, this year. And I think that there should be a special torture thing set up for him where 
all his victims get to come up and like one gets to stab him and then they heal him up and then the other one gets to stab him. like they all get to do something to him they like you get to slash him right here on the leg and they're like oh slash him and i don't know i'm just like this guy is like one of those people that deserves to be tied up by like four horses in a town squared <laughs> and ripped apart yeah <laughs> yeah so one thing that Bonnie said was that she refuses to wear the blame of this entire situation. And uh, I mean, it's really not her fault completely. Joseph, De- blah, 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 whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, as soon as I like found out about Bonnie, I was like, man, she must feel so bad. Like I would feel so bad. And that was like kind of shitty on my part because why would you feel bad? for something that's completely out of your control. I think it's just my immediate reaction for some reason was to think of the woman instead of the man, and that's my own internalized sexism speaking. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, she shouldn't have to feel bad about no. something. She didn't She didn't personally do anything to start that. Like Absolutely All she did not. was say no to somebody, and that guy took it and was like, I'm going to go and rape people because of this. Like, Uh, what? (laughs) What? That's not a good response. Toxic masculinity at it again. We loved it. I would honestly give it 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. It was so good. I thought it was great. I thought it was just such a beautiful tribute to Michelle and all the work that she did because it was so clear. Like, all of these people were just, like, seething with joy and, like, passion for how much they loved her and her work. I just felt like it was beautifully done. And it was so heartbreaking and maddening to watch like it was just a roller coaster of emotions yeah it was great i Um, recommend it check it out watch it yeah on hbo max max it to the h you do gotta pay for it though if you want to watch it you gotta pay unless you have cable um (laughs) anyway we also watched the gentleman the other day that was a fun movie yeah the gentleman had matthew mcconaughey matthew mcconaughey why i always feel like i'm saying his name wrong it's Matthew McConaughey. 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 Matthew Eliza Manelli. Anyway, um, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Colin Farrell, Henry Golding. Um, who else was in it? Charlie Hunnam. Who was Charlie Hunnam? Charlie Hunnam was the guy in the beard that Hugh Grant was talking to the whole time. Oh, Hugh Grant was also in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Hugh Grant is probably one of my favorite actors. He is so funny. He was. He was really good. The last two movies we've seen him in, he's been really good. Yeah, we saw him in that and then also Paddington too. And you know what? I never was a big fan of Hugh Grant. I just thought his performance in Paddington was chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. I mean, Paddington 2, if you haven't seen Paddington 2, you're like missing out on the biggest heart hug you've ever received. I swear to God, if Paddington took over like every single system in the United States of America, we would be saved. Yeah. Paddington just goes in there and he like causes a little chaos, but he also just makes everyone think like they care for everyone else. Yeah. He saves everyone. He's he's. The wholesome hero that we need. Oh, my God. Paddington, come to America, please. Um, Get out of London. Please tour America. (laughs) Come on. Come come make America. (laughs) 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 Paddington's making America great again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Hugh Grant was in it, and... Uh, oh. I think those are like the all. Was that everyone? One day we'll. I'm write not remembering so. the women in that. Are there's one woman in it? 
Okay, but the thing is that did did that pass the Bechdel test? No, because the only reason so she's all. there is to be Matthew McConaughey's wife. Yep. And to also be raped later, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, she did. Yeah, that's what Harry Golding, right? Yeah. That's what he. Henry. Yeah. Henry. Henry Golding. Henry Cavill. I always forget his name, but he was in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. I mean, he was fun. The The cast was really fun. I enjoyed them. Yeah. So the movie is about a... Marijuana dealer. So Matthew McConaughey plays Michael. Is like Michael P. I don't know. Yeah. I'm... One day, you guys, we're going to write these things down. <laughs> nah, not for this. This one we... This movie we watched with my parents. Yeah. But it was like action pack. Okay. So Matthew McConaughey is like this drug, like king i guess i don't know he's marijuana specific yeah so he owns like all these farms and he's trying to sell it so all these people start like blackmailing him and undermining him and like trying to get him to lower the price all this shit goes down the thing is that he ends up not even selling it no yeah because like by the end he realizes that all this trouble that he's gone to through is not worth enough to like sell it now he's like fuck it i've had to kill people i've had to like stab other people in the back i'm gonna just stay in this business and the whole reason he was gonna get out in the first place was because weed is gonna become legalized soon and it's he wanted to not put his face on the business because he's like associated with crime and stuff And by the end, he was like, fuck it. Everybody else that has a clean face still, like, is just, like, a backstabber or they're worse than me. Like, they just use other people to commit those crimes, so I might as well just hang on to my business. So, Matthew McConaughey's character is Mickey Pearson. Mickey Pearson. I I think they referred to him as, like, Michael Pearson at some point. Um, Colin Farrell's character was fucking hilarious. The first scene he's in, he's, like, in a deli or something. Yeah. And he's just, like, ordering, and all these, like, rambunctious kids start coming in, like, causing a ruckus. And then... (laughs) They end up, like, pulling a knife They try to fight Colin Farrell. And he's like, do it. He's like, do it. He's like, come on. He just fucking smacks the knife out of this kid's hand, and they're just all, like fucking freaked out and like it's and he like so... puts one of them on the ground he's like you're moving he's... too slow oh, yeah he's... come down to my gym and i'll t- show you how to do it yeah and he's like this coach i don't they never tell you like what he's the coach of though, he's the coach of that gym the boxing gym is it just the box he's in a box yeah that assumed did they ever say that it's just assumed because he's in a boxing gym yeah yeah okay uh, well they also talk about like fighting all the time i know and... but like i need explicit re- like things <laughs> they they <laughs> They basically showed... When what, am I just supposed to guess based on all these clues that they give yeah, us? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're called context clues. <laughs> it's, it's called show, not tell. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey... Okay, Mickey Pearson's wife, her name is Rosalind, but she's played by Michelle. I don't want to undercut her because she was... She's played by Michelle? No, Yeah. What's the last name? Michelle. (laughs) There's a lot of Michelles in the biz. Michelle Kwan. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's like the first Michelle I thought of. (laughs) Michelle Dockery. I'm not familiar with her work. Yeah, I mean, we we just talked about a Michelle for like the last 30 minutes, too. So it was like, (laughs) she's played by Michelle. I can't believe Michelle Kwan was the first person I said. I know. (laughs) What the fuck? Michelle McNamara. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, obviously there's many Michelles in the world. Um, seems like she is in a lot of like British shows. Yeah, she what was is her, like, what is her name? Michelle what? 
I said it. What is it? I don't remember. Wait, Dockery. Okay, I didn't. Oh, I didn't, maybe I didn't say it. I don't think you did. You said Michelle Kwan, <laughs> and then you didn't say anything else. <laughs> okay, so yeah, her character's name is Rosalind Pearson, and she's kind of a badass. Like honestly, yeah, she was pretty cool. Yeah, she, she shot two dudes in the head with like a little pea gun. I know, and like you don't think anything happened at first because she shoots the sky, it's like, and it's just like a little tiny like red dot on his head, and you're like, oh, okay, is it just like does it just like stick him or something? You know, like yeah. just barely broke the skin he touches it he looks at it and then he just falls back <laughs> he's dead <laughs> and then another guy comes at it and she's just like Pow! And yeah like, he's like uh, uh, so it's like these two guys that are with henry golden's ca- character whose name is dry eye they ask her to like ask her husband to do something for them yeah i think they came to ask her to tell her husband to like lower the price or something yeah they were trying to get yeah. it from him so um she's like i have two bullets in this tiny little gun and she sh- obviously uses those two bullets and then dry eye is still alive and dry eye immediately rapes her which is just <sighs> Does, yeah. was that even necessary no. like is it necessary to, i mean i guess because it's like i mean that Men is are dogs babe. well i mean that is a obviously a blatant disrespecting of a man's wife yeah but well he shows up like the whole time he's running right he's running yeah he's get, like he gets on in his a car way crash yeah he's on his way to um like save his wife because he knows what's going to happen yeah and as soon as he he like bursts through the door and sees dry eye like about to rape her and shoots him yeah he soon, just like on him. site yeah just shoots him dead um but yeah i i could have done without the rape scene I think there could have been a different way to do that. Yeah, but rape scenes are hard. Like we watched a movie recently where there was a rape scene, and it, even though it was like what movie for the plot, Wind River. Oh yeah! Oh my Dude, god! That scene was so wait, intense. That wait. was one of the most intense scenes, though. Okay, like, literally, we need to talk about Wind River on this freaking podcast. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen this movie, it is Jeremy Renner and. Oh, what's her name? Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's Insane. very short. It felt weirdly appropriative to me, but also like I don't know. I don't know. I'm it's weird. To you gotta. It out. That's one. Maybe we can dive into again. We we yeah. can want. We can talk about that one. Um. But yes. Back but, to this rape scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unnecessary. Bottom line. I thought it was maybe just to make him a little bit more evil but so just like yeah just so he walked in and just was like yeah this but, guy has to die right now but just like having those visuals present it just like think about what that does to people who see that like if you're seeing stuff like that over and over again it kind of becomes normalized to you and if you're not like if people are just constantly seeing things like that if our media keeps creating things that are blatantly abusive towards women that's why it's abusing women is normalized yeah it's not normalized but you know what i mean it's like it's not like something people don't take it seriously that's why it's taken so long for us to like start talking about it and being like there's so many women that have been in relationships where they don't know they can leave they don't know that this is like not the way to be treated and there's women in relationships who don't think they can be raped by their husbands or their partners they're like oh that's no because i'm married to them right i mean i could literally talk about this for a long time but i'm just saying that it's almost like you went to school for it it's almost like it's almost like i minored in like women and like i took like did you 
Yeah, it took oh. like 20 credits in women and gender studies. That's oh. so crazy. <laughs> That's the first time I'm hearing about it. <laughs> but yeah, I the only way to normalize treating women correctly is to stop putting that stuff in our media. And it's not even like an awareness kind of thing. It's just like, like they don't even address it afterwards. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like oh, it happened. this guy's dead now because he tried to rape your wife. Yeah. I mean, this movie is a incredibly masculine, like lots of masculine energy because, you know, drugs, guns, just all manly, manly things. Manly, manly, things. manly men. Manly. Yeah. I mean, that's what lock, stock and two smoking barrels and uh, snatch. Yeah. They're they're all movies that are about crime and guns and killing and yelling and saying saying the C word over and over again and. I mean, they're not bad movies, but they also are just, like, not something that's, like, PC. I'm not trying to discredit movies and, like, their value, I guess. You know, like, I'm not trying to say, like, movies are bad when they have, like, these scenes in them. But I am saying that there's something to be said for people who write these things into these scripts and think that it somehow builds the plot of their movie in a positive way. I'm not saying positive in like a happy kind of way because positive is usually just like gaining something. Yeah. And they just feel that there can be something gained from a scene where a woman is being abused. I mean, that's not to say that men don't get abused in movies. There are many men that are fighting in this, but then that brings up another conversation about how masculinity is portrayed in film. Yeah, I could literally go on and on about this, but <laughs> we've been here for a really long time. Yeah. So what else have we, we watched? We watched more Steven Universe. Why don't you tell everyone what you think of Steven Universe at the point we're at right now? I love steven universe you guys i cannot get enough of this show i think it's just so good the other day there was an episode where if you're familiar with the show then you're gonna know the characters but if you don't know then i don't know just listen i guess (laughs) it's garnet amethyst and pearl and and steven Steven. okay i feel like right now they're really focusing on garnet and steven's relationship yeah and there's this particular episode where they talk about so steven's like fucking around and like he walks down the stairs and like trips and garnet catches him and he's like how did you know that like that was gonna happen why were you here Uh, basically she's like i can see the future i can see like future vision yeah, and she can see, like, different outcomes of the future. So Stephen kind of gets, like, really obsessed with it, with yeah. this idea of her, like, being able to see these different outcomes. Eventually, like, I think they leave on a mission, like, Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl. And yeah. Stephen's at home alone, and it's raining. Well, like, Garnet says, what, like, oh, like, he's like, what's going to happen to me? She's like, oh, there's so many things. Right, just right. don't get on the roof. Right. So Stephen's just stressing out about it. I mean, he's like literally so paranoid at this point because all he can think about is the bad things that can happen to him now. So he goes onto the roof and Garnet knows. So Garnet like comes and it, I just felt like it was, I like, I cried because it made me feel like they were just, they were like handling depression and like suicidal thoughts and like the way that they portrayed that through like a cartoon was absolutely insane and like so beautiful because steven has this friend who just cares about him so much and despite knowing that all these things can happen she's always there to save him yeah and he's still i mean steven is just like growing up and he's trying to like grapple with all these different things that are happening and him like being on the roof he's like well what would happen like who would care like he's just saying all this stuff and all these things that kind of echo 
like thoughts that I feel like can be synonymous with like suicidal thoughts. And I don't know, it was just incredibly well done. So something like that is really important for kids to see because they need to know that there's going to be people who always care about you. Yeah. That's what I walked away with from that episode. I loved it. And then they're talking a lot more about all of the characters and it's great. I yeah. love how involved everyone they is now. They just went to Amethyst's like birthplace. Birth hope place, her hole where she was born from. <laughs> That's so funny. It's my birth hole. It's just like a hole in a rock and yeah. she's like this is where I was born. This is my <laughs> hole. Like, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we've been kind of watching Golden Girls. We watched like one episode, literally like the last two weeks. Yeah. We better, I mean, I enjoy it. The one I was watching last night, they were doing like flashbacks into their lives before they had like all met each other. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Golden Girls is just a good, um, like what, like a palate cleanser. Yeah. We'll turn it on and like start doing stuff like while yeah. it's on. Cleaning it's like one of those, the kitchen and one of those shows that you can yeah. just put on in the background. Or you can want. Yeah. It's one of those shows you can put on and just be on your phone the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You like pay it. You can like tune in to like random lines because there's the jokes are like so fast that like you can like not pay attention and then like start paying attention. And, and like, all of a sudden it's like you're like, fucking oh, you're on laugh- the floor yeah, laughing. Yeah, laughing. And then you can like check your phone and pay attention like, again. And it's all like, of a sudden, oh, this is hilarious. What's her- Sophia's like, picture this. Sicily. <laughs> Sicily. <laughs> um no it's so good but and then yeah blanche is like well i know that you think i'm beautiful but blanche is a character yeah um but yeah did we watch anything else yeah but i think it's good for now i think we're good i think hey guys are you good are you good let us know in the comments below yeah let us know tw- tw- tweet us tweet tweet at us let us know if you're good right now yeah tweet right now hold on we're gonna pull up our phones we're gonna wait Hey, baby, how are they going to... Oh, ding. wow, they're, they're telling us. <laughs> oh, wow, I thought it wasn't going to work. Okay, so thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep trying to do this like every week. Yeah, we're going to no try promises. to watch some other newer movies that... some uh, no, not. We're going to try to watch new movies. We're going to try to watch old movies. We're going to watch middle movies. We're going to watch movies that don't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, make sure you subscribe and rate our podcast because it helps us i think in some way i'm not sure yeah and then tell your grandma about us i'm not really sure how podcasts are found like do people just search for them if they're i think grandmas find out and then tell their (laughs) granddaughters and grandsons and then they're the ones that listen so tell your grandma i don't i don't think grandmas know what podcasts are i my grandma knows no she doesn't she does it because we facetimed her the other day and she didn't know how to flip the We talked to her ear and her finger for a while. Oh, she's so funny. I love but she her. did listen to our podcast. Oh, did she? The first one. Hi, Granny. Hi, Granny. <laughs> I don't know if she's listening anymore. She's not listening. I but... literally, I, we have to like send her like a playable QuickTime file. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. All right, guys. Um, so send your grannies a playable QuickTime file. <laughs> of our podcast please email us we'll email you the file yeah yeah yeah. we'll email you the raw (laughs) all right bye bye bye